Hoof and Fang podcast. I'm Kurt Graves. And I'm Mathematics. How are you doing? Good. Happy November. November. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's our first snow day. It is. Yeah. It's It's been kind of like, even though today has been really grueling day job wise, it has been kind of nice to where like when I, when I hit the point of like, I'm sick of everything I'm doing, I look outside and it's like, beautiful and snowy and i'm like okay this is kind of nice and it's warm in here today so that's the part that makes it worth it when you can be inside and warm Mm -hmm. but outside you see the beautiful snow falling and it's not so egregious that you're like crap how am i gonna drive right yeah Yeah, we're we're in a little bit of a snow globe today Mm -hmm. or we were for a while i think it's 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 like drippy and wet now there's like the snow's gone at this point like because it's like just sloshy and gross but earlier i was getting a little worried because i didn't bring any of my snow stuff with me today i thought oh, it was God. just gonna like flurry so i was like how am i gonna like get the snow off my windshield <laughs> so yeah you don't just keep that stuff in your car year round no because oh. and yeah i okay. should i don't I, you know what i think it's because i i let the car i nest in my car okay so i'm one of those people that will just have a bonkers amount of shit in my back seat just over months of just not taking it out. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally hit the point where I have to do a big clean, like I promised I'd drive somebody somewhere or something, I have to just remove everything. So everything gets taken out of the car. So it always looks like you're moving yeah. to the people who are driving next to you on the street. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that person must be moving. Mm, no, no. <laughs> For some reason, I just keep forgetting I have jackets in my car and then being like, I don't need this and just throwing it in the back seat. I have a problem. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pro tip from a lifelong winterer. Yeah. Just keep the the brush in yeah. your trunk. Yeah, that's a good when idea. When you're done with it in spring, put it in the trunk mm-hmm. and then you never have to think about it. It'll be there when you need it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, what about you? How's your day been? My day has been fine. Yeah. Yeah. You and you've been in the booth all day. I think I've seen you like maybe once. Yeah. So you, it's been a very busy day well, for you. Well, we a bit of behind the scenes. We did so many interviews last week mm-hmm. that like my week got severely chopped up. Oh, that makes so sense. So this week I just need to get shit done. Yeah. You know, that's fair. So the, yeah, this is the week of just being in the booth for long, long periods of time and just yeah. trying to get as much stuff done as possible. So makes sense. Yeah. Well, we can announce our November audiobook since it's, are we not even going to talk about what I'm wearing? I thought we would like make people wait and be like, what's happening? Do you think it'd be more fun to just let them think, be like, what's going on for 20 minutes? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm a jerk though, but yeah, we could talk about the fact that when this airs and it would be the week of your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost my birthday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. I'm almost one whole week early as of the recording of this (laughs) episode, but you have to think ahead. Yes. So yes. What gave it away? I just, you know, I have a hunch and I'm a good friend and I remember everyone's birthday all the time. All the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. have reminders set in my calendar at all. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh yeah. No, I don't remember anyone's how birthday. Else, how else would, well, and like you, Facebook used to be very helpful yeah, in that regard. Yeah, but it's super late now or it doesn't give you any like information. Or you so, just don't go on Facebook ever. I mean, I'm, Me. oh, I'm on Facebook <laughs> so. constantly and now like the notifications are behind. So I'll miss people's birthday completely oh. and I'll see like so-and-so's birthday was yesterday and i'm like that's not fucking helpful like why are you telling me this now so but yeah oh, happy birthday thank you thank you i'm turning the big three nine. Ooh, i know that's pretty fun one step closer to the big four oh mm-hmm. are you gonna try to do something special for your 40th i don't think i should have to do something special for my 40th do i think that should be somebody to- else's job <laughs> do you want something to be set up for your 40th like do you want to I try mean, to do if something? i make it that far we may as well you know? <laughs> right yeah we <laughs> may as well celebrate that it happened so yeah i think so although i don't know i also wonder if maybe i'll just never like i'll just stop aging at this point yeah that would be optimal. i have to decide by monday if, if this is like is this it like okay. do i stop mm. do we just cut it off at 38 and say no that was it yeah no more birthdays after this yeah yeah I don't know so. where I am right now. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Cause I'd like my birthdays and I'm okay with being like getting older. I'm fine with it. So, but like my mom doesn't like talking about her age. Like she's old school right. lady like that, you know, but I've got other friends who are 
you know, in their fifties and they're like, yeah, I'm 55. That's how old I am. I don't care. And I was like, I like that attitude. Yeah, you know what I mean? I do admire that attitude. Yeah. I guess I'm just deciding at this point, am I going to embrace that or not? Yeah. Cause 40 really is a game changer. Yeah. Like, and it's, I'm fair. right there. I'm yeah. looking at it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so yes. Happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to send me presents, DM me and I'll give you my address. Um, <laughs> We're shameless. We're always down for presents. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll take stuff. Um, now, if you would like to continue with the actual programming, <laughs> okay, <laughs> since yeah, I've we'll, interrupted. We'll, no, you're fine. So we'll talk about our audiobook for November, and then we'll come back to birthday stuff. Okay. But yeah, so our um, November audiobook is Eternal Sin by Mia Monroe, which is a vampire story. So I'm very excited. Ooh. Like we're going from cool kick-ass werewolves to vampires so i'm just loving the trend that we're on right now uh do you want to read the blurb because i'm horribly dyslexic and i'll mess it up yeah 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 sure okay uh (laughs) so first of all it's releasing november 24th Mm -hmm. uh last friday which we will continue to do until we find a reason not to and we can change our mind whenever we feel like it because it's our podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh which you have pointed out helpfully is black friday yes it's black friday so if everyone's in the shopping mood you got an extra fun thing. You can either treat yourself or you can gift it to a friend. Treat a friend. Yeah. Maybe we'll run a deal for the for Black Friday. Ooh. Something to think about. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, Eternal Sin. Sin is spelled S-Y-N. Love that. Uh, is book one in the Immortal Assassins series. It is a contemporary setting MM romance featuring vampire assassins finding love with their fated mates. Uh, book one contains a possessive vampire who didn't know he was capable of love a sexual awakening, a wounded mortal just trying to survive, a lot of bad guys who get what they deserve, plenty of heat, plenty of heat, mm. which is a change from last month. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're mixing it up, guys. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and vampires being vampires. You know, Love it. It's a hurt, comfort, morally gray, vicious vampire on the outside slash marshmallow on the inside love fest. You don't want to miss. Love all everything that's said about that. Yes. It's just all of that is my jam. And you will learn a lot more about our November pick when we talk to Mia Monroe in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Yep. So that was a fun interview, too. Yes. I, I adore Mia. So, yeah, it was it was a great conversation, uh, which you will get to hear uh, the week before the book comes out. Mm-hmm. We can hopefully whet your appetite. For some vampire happenings. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So. All right. So. You want to talk more about birthdays. I love birthdays. I'm one of those people that like when it's my birthday, I'm a jerk about it. Like I claim the entire month of May as my birthday month. You barely said anything about it this year. What? For my birthday this year? At least in the office. Oh. You barely brought it up. I can up that. Okay. Oh yeah. I next, mean, I next just, year. <laughs> I, can, I, I can be I would not have known from this year's happenings. Oh, okay. That, uh, I guess that I, you were I, big into birthdays. I guess I toned it down. Alex will be jealous because okay. I, <laughs> I make his life miserable when it's like May, like anything I want to do. It's like, it's my birthday month. Like oh. that's, I play that card until the end of May, but in retaliation is he does yeah. the same for March. So. I, I only really remember talking about your birthday in the context of being a Gemini when we talked to Craig Montgomery. Oh, okay. Otherwise I don't think you brought it up. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I love my birthday. I mean, you fully were like, I'm not coming in that week. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You were like, I'm taking the week off for my birthday. And that mm-hmm. was all that needed to be said. And mm-hmm. I was like, great. Yeah. See you in 10 days. <laughs> that tracks, you know, maybe that was it. So do you have a favorite birthday from when you were a kid or now? Um, oh, okay. So it's hard to think about, I'm, first of all, I'm terrible at favorites. So okay. anytime this comes up, just know that I'm so bad at picking a favorite because I'm always worried that the other birthdays will get jealous. Okay. <laughs> Fair. So Fair. I like to anthropomorphize objects and events <laughs> and then also make them jealous okay. and sad. And I don't want to make them jealous and sad. That's fair. Oh, especially um, birthdays. Like, yeah. Get it. Yeah. Um, I don't have like a ton of memories of like childhood birthdays. Uh, I do. As we talked about last week, my mom's birthday is on October 31st, Halloween. Mm-hmm. So like, and my dad's birthday is actually October 14th. So I've always oh. been like the third one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, fair. Like, oh, another one. Yeah. Their all birthday right. down at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so sometimes we would just kind of like smush them all into one. 
Nice. Like that Halloween celebration would just be for all of us. Yeah. Um, but I do remember when I was in high school, uh, this is the time of year when the high school musicals were typically running. Mm-hmm. A lot of them in Wisconsin do them in the fall. Okay. So I was typically having my birthday during the run of our high school musical. Okay. And that was always a lot of fun because I was with my friends. I was doing something I loved to do. Yeah. Usually, you know, I had to bring in like cupcakes or a cake, but then everybody would sing to me and oh, it was like, fun. yay, it's my special day. Yeah. Um, amidst all these people who I, who I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I yeah. like that a lot. That's really neat. Yeah. And I shared my birthday with a strange number of people in high school. Really? Uh, yeah. So like most of the time I wasn't even the only one up there with people singing happy birthday to me. Like yeah. my friend John and Jamie were usually right next to me. <laughs> That's we, had, cool. we all had the same birthday. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and I were in the same grade. So like we did the musical all four years together. And so That's it was cool. usually the two of us, John before he graduated, like yeah. all getting sung to, cause we had the same birthday. So That's as a kid, neat. I would say that was, I, I won't pick a specific year, but they were all. Yeah. Good. How about you as a, your childhood birthday? So when, so my birthday being in May, it's during the summer and I grew up in Texas. So May in Texas is not terrible. It's before it gets like grueling It's so funny hot. that you consider that summer because you grew up in Texas. Right. It's not I summer here. I firmly consider May spring. Yeah. Early spring. Yeah. When it, well, yeah. In a real season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still cold. Like it'll snow sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it's very much spring, but yeah. in Texas, it's basically pre-summer. Like. <laughs> Spring's long you gone. You just described spring. No, it's like it doesn't have spring the same. Spring is just pre-summer. No, it's totally different though. It's like it's fall like... is pre-winter, but like summer is pre-fall. Listen, and like in Texas though, it's like spring. It's definitely like more wet and kind of cold. Like you'll still have those cold snaps. Like it's not going to snow, but it'll be like cold, cold and like. The 60s. Yeah, Burr. exactly. It'll yeah. be in the 60s mm-hmm. and everything's kind of wet. Like it just when rains When we start wearing shorts again. Yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> when I'm still bundled up and I have like 14 layers on and then my asshole neighbor's jogging in shorts. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, in, back then, like it was, it was before it would get really, really, really hot. And my childhood at home, we had a pool, like an above ground pool. Okay. Yeah. You never told me you were rich. <laughs> We had a pole at least, <laughs> but like we, I had, I remember, I want to say like sixth grade or maybe, maybe seventh. It was when I had finally got at least a little decent amount of friends because I was not a kid who had a lot of friends growing up, That tracks. but yeah, I'm <laughs> nerdy and it was, I did not do well in the friend department, but like for one of these years, I had enough people to invite to where I actually had a birthday party and we had a pool party and it was so much fun because it was like summer and like we did like a whole tiki thing because that's easy to do. And there's like you just buy a bunch of pineapples, basically. And it was just warm and great. And I just loved it. It was like I, I, I think mm-hmm. I kept trying to recreate that growing up, like another like pool party kind of sure. thing. So, but yeah, man, that was that was the best one, I think. It's either the pool party or... I think I went to Ripley's Believe It or Not one year, and that was really cool. But I don't super remember all of that one. Uh-huh. I remember the pool party, though. Well, awesome. yeah, you're probably not going to be doing a lot of pool parties in Wisconsin. No. I mean, no. We, during the summer, it'd be really nice. But Right, if you wanted, you've got to, like two if you wanted to delay your birthday for a couple months. Right, yeah. yeah. No. Well, and like, as an adult, I don't like going to pools. I'm, I don't like water parks. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So as a kid, I was all about it, but as an adult... Hell no. Right. Like, I don't like those. So I'll never be doing another pool party. But yeah, I think that was my birth- favorite birthday as a kid. What about as an adult? So as an adult, I got lucky because the past two years, the um, Oddities Expo has been has been on like the weekend of my birthday or on my birthday. Mm-hmm. So we've been going to Milwaukee and doing that for the past two years. And it's just what we do for my birthday now, which is awesome. So we go, I, you know, get to buy something outrageous and stupid and for like, example, um, I got last year, I got a big painting of these two, two owls that have like three eyes. So they're like spooky and kind of cool looking three each or three between them uh, each. Okay. So like they're weird, so six supernatural. Eyes yeah. Okay. So I, I got that last year. And then the year before that, I got some type of, oh, I got a, a little cat skull because I wanted to make a little terrarium uh, thing. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you being very excited about that. Yeah, it was cool. And I had to be nice about it because it was your birthday. <laughs> I know it's but not really. Jam. This is how I feel about 
a cat skull. Yeah, it's neat. I made like a whole little thing out of it. It's really neat. But it's not real, right? Yeah, no, it's real. No, no, I mean, it doesn't have any. It's just a skull. It doesn't have any like no. skin on it or anything. We will not. No, in my mind, it's fake. It was a fake. It's skull. ever. I was just kidding. It it's was replica. a three D printed replica mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. a cat skull. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna be all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm back. Okay, good. we're good. I cannot be the only person who had that reaction. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Yeah, is this super neat, or are you like, "Wow, Maz is fucking weird"? Yeah, or both. <laughs> or both. You, you could think both. Yeah, that's those fair. are not mutually exclusive opinions. Yeah, neat. Also, hold on, I have to go throw up. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you do anything cool as an adult for your birthday now? Mostly, no. We. Uh, I will say uh, probably the last like adult birthday of any note. Um, I mean, we'll like, we'll go to dinner. I don't want to make it seem like we don't do anything. Right. Right. Um, but we, we did have for my 30th birthday, um, John threw me a surprise party. Okay. Now in my world, mm-hmm. the only acceptable surprise party is one that I know about in advance. Okay. And I know where it's going to be. And I know who is invited. Nice. The other details can be a surprise. Sure. But I need to know all of those things. I advance. think that's totally reasonable. So that, that was uh, what we did for my 30th birthday. And, nice. and And John set up like a scavenger hunt. Oh, that's cool. Which was great, except that it was like the first day of like real ugly, icy snow. Boo. <laughs> so of my course. friends were driving around town in like the first bit of bad driving weather we'd had all year and it was like (laughs) take pictures of yourself next to these monuments yeah (laughs) yeah Um, don't get in a wreck (laughs) exactly don't nobody die for for my birthday party Um, really put a downer on the mood that that really really would have so i would say like 30 was like the last time i'd had something like big okay Um, otherwise yeah we're just like go to dinner with friends people yeah um and we also uh we adopted bodhi uh, a few days after my birthday in 2020. I remember that. So he was so his little. gotcha day is sort of like even more important now. Yeah, I feel you. So, you know, if we're going to celebrate, yeah. we'll celebrate getting Bodie more than we'll celebrate me getting older. <laughs> yeah, because puppies are always amazing. They're so much more fun to celebrate. Yeah. Well, she, like, do you ever do like actual puppy birthday stuff? Like, do you do like special treats or anything? Yes. That's in fact, awesome. we are doing that today because it's Yay. it's Apollo's birthday i love it you know according to whoever decided that was his birthday at the adoption center sure they just picked a day i'm sure but yeah we we are honoring it uh he shares a birthday with my mom ironically (laughs) strangely enough so but yeah so john in fact just texted me before we started recording to be like should i pick up something for apollo's birthday and i was like sure yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely that's awesome time to spoil him and then in like 10 more days we spoil bodie yay and in between there i have a birthday yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the correct priorities. Right, yeah. Right. So that's that's sweet. All right. So uh, this week we were talking to J.S. Harker. Um, she was one of those kids who constantly had a book in her hands and spent countless hours adventuring with her siblings. These days, she wanders into her imaginary worlds and conjures up tales of magic, compassion, and happily ever afters. She currently lives in the part of the Midwest that makes Tatooine look interesting by comparison. I get that reference. Not that she's ever obsessively thought about becoming a Jedi or anything. Uh, if she has, she can talk to my husband about it. Uh, here is our interview with Maz, Ma- I mean, J.S. Harker. <laughs> Welcome to Hoof and Pain Podcast, the author J.S. Harker. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, uh... I'm doing pretty cool because this is this is my first podcast, so I'm really excited to uh, to get to do this Whoa. with you guys. So yay! Yeah. yay. I always like it yeah. when it's like we're the first podcast. A virgin. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I would love to just kick off the conversation, finding out more about you. You're mm-hmm. in this new batch of authors that we're talking to because we basically Googled you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we started with a bunch of people that we had either worked with or we already knew really well. And so now we're in the phase of like, who are you? Tell me your life story. 
which I know yeah. is not intimidating at all. Um, uh, tell us your deep I mean, dark secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, you guys reached out to me just before um, I was kind of considering reaching out to you guys because I saw a post on social media and I'm like, that sounds exactly like the kind of podcast that like would hopefully want to see my, you know, hear me talk and, and read my books maybe. So I will consider reaching out to them. And then I got the email from you and I'm like, awesome. It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) It's like the algorithm knew. Yeah. Cause it really was just like, uh, like I was just going through Amazon and like clicking yeah. on the authors who we had already interviewed and then seeing what Amazon recommended <laughs> to be like that. I've been working what else? on my Amazon lately. So I'm like, yes, it paid off. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Cause uh, it yeah. put you in front of me. And yeah. then I saw fantasy author, queer stories go. Yeah. Like learning to navigate Amazon algorithms as I like, I don't know, nine tenths of the battle when it comes to being an indie. Like I, yeah. I know that struggles so well. So when I click on my name and I see other either authors I know or like somebody big, mm-hmm. I'm like, somehow I'm nailing it. I can just like not do anything different and I'll be fine. Yeah, I, uh, For like a I month. did one of those. For like a month. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did one of those challenges and then it has been building since then over the last couple of mm-hmm. months. So it's exciting. Um, it's especially exciting since I I've had I have six books out right now which is great. And I've discovered that part of being in this business is not getting the first book out. It's getting the 10th book out. Um, so to keep going, because uh, if you let yourself get disheartened by the sales, then you're never going to, you're never really going to reach anybody if you don't keep trying, which is something mm-hmm. I've been embracing, especially these last few months. Um, and uh, mm. especially since GRL last year as well as to keep trying to put myself out there. Um, and I was sort of freaking out a little bit this year because I haven't been able to put a book out because of one reason or another. There's been a lot of life stuff going on. Um, this book, I I have heard other authors say that the second book in a series, especially if you're following the same couple, is the hardest book to write. And I always thought, no, that can't be true. You have the characters, you have your world, you have everything already. It should be. No, it's this second book is is probably one of the hardest ones I've had to write because you have to nail everything that you were doing in the first book and get them to the point that the third book will be make sense and be interesting. And uh, it is I, I usually write books that have been around. The longest one before this was Wrong Hunt, which is the first book at around 90,000 words. And this one will probably be between 130 and 140,000 words when I get done. But it's that... Um, oh, I just tried yeah, to whistle into a microphone. That didn't go well. <laughs> uh, it's that genre of... of that, cr- that cross-genre between um, romance and urban fantasy where the readers are going to want to see all those sex scenes because it's one of the complaints from uh, like, I'm a, I'm an author who reads my reviews, but I don't take them to heart. I'm like, what, what can I improve? You know? Um, mm-hmm. And everyone's like, we, we, we wish we had more sex last book. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. Um, so there's, you know, big emotional journeys, plus all the sexy times, plus all the evil villain stuff. So it's just a longer book. Um, but it's it's been frustrating, but awesome to write. I think we're living the same life right now because I'm also <laughs> writing the second book in a urban fantasy MM romance with a vampire hunter and a vampire. So we're kindred <laughs> yeah. spirits. Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm running into the same thing because it's I this is the first time I've followed the same couple through a book. Mm-hmm. It's usually like a different couple per book. So it's it's new and exciting and you get to do the meet cute and stuff. But they've already mm-hmm. done that. Like they've already yeah. had their meet cute. They've already done like that whole thing. So now you're you're trying to expand that out and like like you said, make it interesting. Yeah. Give them stuff to do. You know what I mean? Like figure out ways for them to end up to bed together and stuff. So yeah, no, I know that struggle. It's it's really hard to find that that balance. I'm a fan, though, of following the same couple for more than one book. Yeah. Not not even just as a narrator, which I do enjoy because I like revisiting characters. But as a reader, like, I love it when it happens. So I am excited for for both continuing relationships into a second book. Yeah, it's 
I I enjoy reading both, um, especially it's it's always, you know, comes down to is it a premise I really like? Is it a, uh, an author I really like? And I, I usually follow that as well. But um, long series, I, I've always wanted to write like a long urban fantasy series and uh, have that kind of like you get to book seven and to try to explain book seven, it's entirely crazy. But if you've been through it there for like books one through six, then it all makes sense and it's all cool and crazy in the good way. So um, I just I, I just want that long, beautiful series uh, with the same characters. And, and these were the first two that really showed up and said uh, one of them is is kind of coming of age. And so he's got all of that drama of going against the family, of trying to figure out where he is as a vampire hunter, um, what it means to be a vampire hunter in a world where things aren't black and white. And then you have a vampire who is over 300 years old and has been like suppressing his trauma for over 300 years. I'm like, there is... He has a fleet of baggage just waiting to be explored, <laughs> and it's really fun to dive into that. And then, of course, there's everybody they know and they meet, so that just adds on to the plot and the story and stuff, which is just so much fun to do. Yeah, the premise of Wrong Hunt sounds really interesting. Yeah, I was about to say. It's like immediately, one, of course, I'm like in my vampire era right now. So I already yeah. was like, hell yeah. But then when I like <laughs> looked at the synopsis, one of the questions I have for you is, was there a specific reason why you have Roger go to sleep in 1989? Like, is that, does it date mean something to you or was that just? Um, I wanted it, 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 1989, since I was born in 86. So I'm, I'm like much more of like a nineties kid. And like, you know, I vaguely remember the nineties as well. Um, because uh, you know, childhood and depression will make memories a little funky. But um, 1989, just it feels like a tipping point of an eras between, you know, you have the Cold War kind of changing gears, maybe not entirely stopping because things are still odd with stuff in the 90s between Russia and America and even now. But you have the Cold War ending, you have um, more... you. It, just sitting here and thinking about when Roger would have gone to sleep and then waking up now, there's just so much difference between the time frames. And yet, for some readers, you know, it's either something they vaguely remember or something that they may may remember much more clearly. And then they um, there's all of these things that happened on the in-between, like... Um, like Zach mentions that his favorite movie is Twilight, which was a huge thing. And, and um, but Roger, you know, vampires would have known about it kind of thing. But Roger's like, what is this thing? So it's just all of these little cultural touchstones that even now start to sound old and dated because, oh, we've all known about Twilight for a decade. But Roger has no clue what it is. It's just an interesting juxtaposition. And for me, I sort of feel like I'm between generations sometimes um, because I had a bunch of older friends in college, so they were a little more Gen X, but I have younger siblings, and so I'm, I feel more like millennial with a lot of stuff. Um, and then my level of tech is not as high as other millennials sometimes, so it's just it's just also kind of an expression of that, where to have this... this uh, age gap in between um to and, and have that break in roger's memory and relation to the world and i just like this idea of the vampire going to sleep and then um eventually coming back to the world but maybe not having it be of his own accord and that being a mystery to unravel as the series go series goes on um i i can apparently ramble for ever <laughs> That's so good. So. Podcasts love that. Yeah, for sure. Yay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, to me, it sounds fascinating. Yeah. So, like, great. Another book I have Thank to read. Thank you. Yeah, I was about um, to say, and <laughs> adding that to my cart. Also, we are the same age. So, I, I guess maybe we're separated at birth or something. You said 1986. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're like yeah. somehow weird siblings that got <laughs> moved apart or something. But yeah. Okay, where were you each born? I mean, uh, I was in Tennessee. Uh, I, was in the C <laughs> I was in Washington. I was in the Seattle area. So oh, okay. okay. Well, right. One of our parents. So is lying, it's then. unlikely <laughs> that you were separated at birth. <laughs> <I'm> like, 
Um, I, I don't want to go back too far, but I am interested, like what got you started in fiction writing? Uh, was it always a goal for you or is it something that came about later in life? It's been a goal since I was about 13 and realized that if I wanted to be a marine biologist, I was probably going to have to get like in the water and the ocean all the time. And it was kind of salty. Um, I was on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a little yeah, bit. It's just a little salty, a little wet. Um, but I was on a school trip. Essentially, it was uh, there was a student ambassador program called People to People where they would basically like take a group of teenagers and go overseas and my mother only allowed me to pack one book, which was Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice. Um, oh. Yeah, which I'm, I'm she died. Yeah, we're the same person. I'm, I'm like reading it like the age of like, like it was like between seventh and eighth grade. So I'm like seven, 12 or 13 at the most. And I'm reading Interview with a Vampire. Um, but uh, there was there was a lot of time. We were tra traveling to a lot of cities. So there was a lot of time on the bus. So inside of a week, I'd read through the book. Um, mm -hmm. and there was someone else on the trip who was like, Hey, if you're bored, you, there's this notebook paper in the back of our like program guide. Why don't you just write your own story? And I mean, throughout my childhood, I'd, I'd spent a lot of times like playing pretend with my, with my brother and my sister. Um, and it just was a natural extension of that. Like, oh, I can be an adult and, you know, I can get old, like, grow up and do this. This would be cool. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I went to college and got a BA in English and another one in anthropology. Um, and... Just I kind of continued trying to to write stuff on my own. I eventually did um, a few years ago. How many? I think it's technically five. Um, I got my first book published um, with a publisher, uh, which unfortunately didn't work out. But I've also learned that part of the romance thing is everyone's got at least one publisher in their background that wasn't paying them, and it didn't work out. And it's just kind <laughs> oh, of no. like. I was I was sitting there at um at Coastal Magic. I'd gone to the conference and this is 2020, so just before the world shuts down. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting there with uh seven other writers, um, including uh Zio Axelrod was there and Carrie Ann Ryan. And um just I wasn't even the only one at that table at the time going through problems with a press. Somebody else was going through problems with a press. And just everyone at the table who'd been in the business for, for longer and, and for a few more years um, than I had, all of them were like, oh, that kind of drama. I've been there. I've done that. We've been like, so just to be like, oh, OK, I finally have my last merit badge just so I can I can really feel professional. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Uh, and I mean, I so want to be on the side of like small independent publishers. But they do tend to go through rough patches. Mm, yeah, yeah that's so, putting it nicely. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, it's it's a again. I don't ever want to discourage like right. a small independent publisher. I think mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Um, but when you've heard as many horror stories as yeah. we have, mm -hmm. then it's also like, ooh, but please do a really good job and don't try to grow too fast because that usually seems to be where the problems right. come in. Exactly. Yeah, there were. I mean, everybody, every, every business always, like, even just any workplace in general has its dramas, but then you add on the fact that technically everybody can see everything and you have a lot of, a lot of stuff going on and then some bad stuff going on too. And it's like, this is just, ugh. <laughs> just uh, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Just ugh. Is we'll the best say way no to more on it. that front. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You mentioned that you uh, you got your BA in anthropology. Was did you do a specific branch of anthropology? Because I also went to school for anthropology. So what? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. Jeez, Louise. I know. This I'm like every every new thing you oh, say, and I'm like, okay, I just just reaffirms yeah. what I've already said. Um, my English degree was uh, great at teaching me like you know, some of the structures, ha like the classics, we didn't, like, I had a few classes, and I, like, sitting here now, um, 
over a decade later, realizing that at least one of my novel classes was actually rather progressive for the time because we read like books from all over the world. We read a couple of authors that were definitely queer. And to have that uh, as part of like what I was learning about novels at the time um, was great in the like perspective long run because that, that was the mid thousands. So people weren't really as like English departments weren't jumping on that as hard as they should sometimes. And so it was, mm -hmm. I'm sitting here going like, oh man, I wish I had like three more classes with that professor. So I got interested in the anthropology because I had several friends who were getting a degree in it. And I didn't know what to do after college yet because like become an author is so vague a thing, especially since this was just before KDP really became a thing. This is like right. 2008. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like to just apply to presses until they say yes? Because that sounds like hell. So I got interested in really a lot of the way the language works um, with people. So it, my degree wasn't really more um, tailored specifically. It was a little more general, but um, like where I had my election courses, I took one in like sex and gender and I took one a couple more in like linguistics because that was the stuff that was like super cool for me. And although I can't remember specifics now, I know there's like certain parts back there in the training of my brain and that's that helps with the structure of sentences and whatnot and and just understanding language in general which is fun nice yeah the, i think the linguistic classes in anthropology were some of the best like there's just inter language itself is interesting but yeah that i would imagine that would help a lot with paired with an english degree is awesome but yeah i had to pick your brain because i was like anthropology you say <laughs> like and it's i'm like doing everything in my power not to talk to you about video games and D D because that's also in your profile but I've already put Kurt through hell this week. We've already done that once. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe afterwards we can talk, but yeah. If it's relevant to your storytelling journey, like is playing D&D yeah. &D part of like what turned you into an author? It very much did help with that. And um, it was part of that. It, it was a big part of my college experience. And we played uh, a setting known as Ravenloft and we were playing second edition, despite the fact that at the time, three and uh, 3.5 were popular my dungeon master and i found out later on down the road that it was more along the lines of like a very homebrewed second edition so it was like the kind of hardcore rules that sometimes we had to make sure we had enough water kind of rules oh my god which when you're playing D, &D can be a lot um but there was a lot of of storytelling and ravenloft is a setting that is very steeped in gothic horror and like monster movie stuff of like the the 30s and 40s kind of stuff um which was very much my vibe at the time and still is um but uh so you have like all those fantasy aspects as well as like curses and vampires and dark lords um and so it get, you have to work on a lot of improv with Dungeons and Dragons or any any tabletop role playing. There's a lot of improv involved. There's a lot of you, you can read all you want ahead of time. And the cool part of it is when it like the snippets come out. So you do your research and you only actually see like a tenth, like as a dungeon master, about a tenth of what I've prepared will be what shows up in the game. Really? And that's and that's if what the and that's if the players actually go the direction I expect them to. One reason you you need to prepare so much is that the players may go an entirely other direction. And that's cool. That's great. Um No, it's not. Tell them no. <laughs> no, because this is why you're not I, allowed to I would say I wouldn't be allowed yeah. to be a DM because I'd be too bossy. Like, no. No, you can't go in that. That was shop. the wrong it's answer. Everyone's dead inside. Do something else. Mm -hmm. Uh but I've started dungeon mastering again lately because it also helps me work on my villains, which I feel is one of my weak points where it's like my antagonists need to be full fleshed, going after goals, getting in people's way. Um, I use uh, a published um, setting, so I'm not making up the whole setting, but I've also watched so many hours of the setting that I'm very familiar with it. And so I can make things up on the fly 
And some of the things that we've made up on the fly have shown up in the live stream at this point. Not that like we had any impact of them, but that we had predicted things that could evolve in this world that they eventually added to the world on their own. Like it was just kind of cool to see those mirrors start to happen as well. Um, that it's like, yes, we, we made something so cool that fits, that continues to build out this, this narrative world that we love. Um, which is always fun. And it's kind of the same kind of like world I want to build, especially with my thing in Dagger series, is that it's starting with Zack and Roger. And it's just, I have like 12 other stories that are already like vying for competi competition between things so that um, they they also get their stories that just further expand um, Fang and Dagger. Um because I'm, I'm actually also in awe of, like, the, the tapestry of stories we get from Marvel Universe. And I'm like, mm. I want that, too. I want to make one of those. Mm. I don't have, like, that much money to throw at a thing, so I can't have, like, 20 people working on it with me. <laughs> but I want something like that, you know? Like, where you feel like you can step in and anything's possible. Maybe a lot of dangerous things that'll happen first before the fun stuff. But, you know, that there's a world to be explored. I'm sensing some sort of like queer romance author D and D podcast. I mean, situation. <laughs> I've so far. I think what out of the past like three or four people we've interviewed in the past like two weeks, like half of them at least have been D and D people. So yeah, yeah, it's brewing. Yeah, something's something's in the air. <laughs> there's there's something going on with you guys. <laughs> Maz finally DMs and we live stream it or something. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, that would or be podcast fun, actually. <laughs> do like a critical role thing, yeah. but not as well have, done because we're not voice actors. <laughs> I have watched so much crit role and so much yeah. Dimension 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a in the future kind of thing. Just putting it out there in the universe. Hey. That might yeah. be fun. You know, you never know what might yeah. happen. The Good. best ideas happen organically yep. or by accident. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That, that's a moment where you get <laughs> yeah. the you get the readers to be like, no, we want it. Do the thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Um, I'm curious just because you've told me what your job is and I'll leave it to you if you want to say what your job is. Uh, and then you're a fiction author. How do you do both? Or does doing both help you accomplish both? I think it's just kind of part of how I see the world. I don't really, they, they merge and evolve and, and twist into each other a lot. I was one of those kids that was, I was sitting in, one of my English classes and the professor came in and he's like, some of you are in this class because you don't want to do communications, but you stuck at, you know, you suck at science. And some of you are here because you're going to be teachers. And then some very few of you are in this class because you love the craft of story that much. And he looked at me and for a second, I was pretty sure he was looking at anyone else in the room or like someone behind me. I even did that like epic, like check over my shoulder. And he's like, no, I mean you. And I'm like, Oh, oh, I've barely spoken and you figured that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good teacher. Yeah. When they can see you like that. Yeah. And help you maybe even learn that about yourself. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Because it was probably very validating, too, to have somebody else like be like, no, you you write stories. You're yeah. Like, Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Out of the. um, I, I've always expected a little bit more resistance. Um, when it comes to like, you know, a little bit more critical analysis when it comes to my, my story craft, but I've had, I've been blessed to have a lot of people be like, no, where's the next chapter or no, I want to see more. Or, um, even having my editor be like, okay, this story is good and you could probably publish it this way, but could, could you go for the throat better? Could you just dig in deeper? Mm -hmm. I know you have that. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll dig, we'll see what's here. So it's. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky to have a lot of support in that regard. Um, and, 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 you know, that push to, I, I have more people looking at me going, uh, you're going to, you know, this, this is your career and get the next book out and get, you know, keep going and people will eventually see it kind of thing. than having detractors um, being like, why are you here? and stuff like that and usually if somebody does crop up that's like a little more 
like, cause someone asked me once, like, what's your big goal? And I'm like, I want my books on the shelf next to Jim Butcher. And, um, at this point that that's what happen. I've been telling this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, at this point that technically wouldn't happen because Harker is nowhere near Butcher. And so, you know, alphabetically we just won't be next to each other, but this on is the a, shelves that get curated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so to have a person who sat there and went, okay, you'll never get that. Instantly, my brain kicked back a F you. Yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think with the creative spirit, that's one of the things that you have to find within yourself in order to really go is that you have to be able to handle that. You know, if there is a rejection, if there is even a passing remark that would that might make you doubt yourself or your own internal brain going, I can't do this, that you have to be able to stand up and be like, no, no, I will. OK, I'm just going to sit down and do it. But it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I, yeah. So, so part many of other it, things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess it depends on the thing that you're talking about. I just in these conversations, I think about writing a book and like. God, that seems like a really tall mountain to have to climb. It's just one little step at a time. I know. Like, well, but the and then we're, the we're approaching NaNoWriMo where like, I've tried to do that before. Mm -hmm. Never succeeded. Didn't last a week. Not even once. That's um, that one's tough. But it's, yeah, it, it, tough. it just seems like such a monumental task. It's, well, I think trying to write a novel in a month is rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've completed NaNo like once. My very first NaNo I managed to complete. And that was important for me because that was the first time I actually like finished a book. And that was an important like part because um, I'd finished some stuff when I was like in high school. But that was the first one I finished as an adult. And that um, that was important for me because it let me know that I did actually I could do it and I could mm -hmm. keep finishing books and keep going for it. Um, but no, for me, my thing is like, it's too hard not to write. It's so ingrained in me at this point, especially mm. like I've essentially been writing for over 20 years now. It's just only been professionally published for like five. So it's instinct. It's reflex. I get bored. I start telling a story. I, um, I have a hard time reading books or watching movies because I'm like, but the story could be this much better if you were th this way or that way or, um, which can make it a little hard sometimes, but there's also been some better media lately. That's been <laughs> a lot easier to watch. Yeah. We've had conversations about that too. Like, well, because we both also like just love good stories and story structure. We'll get to the point where we'll be watching something. And we're like, I mean, I see the beats, but I mean, why right. didn't you do it this way? Like, I think yeah. it's hard to turn that part of your brain off. Yeah, especially once it becomes a part of your job. Mm -hmm. like, it's like your life. Yeah. Like, I, I have trouble reading a book now and just reading the book because, like, I assess it. Mm -hmm. I'm picking it apart for, like, how one would narrate the book. And it's like, bitch, you're not hired to narrate this book. <laughs> just sit down and read the book. Just enjoy it. Uh so, and I also, it's the same reason, like, I struggle sometimes to listen to audiobooks because yeah, I bet that you're be constantly tough. thinking about what you would do differently. Um, but at the same time, and I think this is part of what you were saying, uh, in acting, the advice is often given that if you can do anything else, do it. Yeah. Um, but if you can't, keep going. There was... Uh... There was a convention I was at for Doctor Who, and there was an actor who was speaking. Um, it was actually one of the American actors, so nobody on the British side before anybody actually tries to hunt down who might have said it, because it was years ago. Okay. Um, and one of the traditional questions like it asks, you know, that people ask at conventions all the time is, well, how do you do what you do? And, um, you know, or how do you break into the business? Or what would you say to an aspiring, an aspiring actor? And his response was, don't. And my instant gut reaction was like, F you, you know, just mm. that, that, you know, that touchstone of, no, you, this, this is too much of a calling to not try to do. I mean, for me, not acting, but writing, but like. Right. Uh, but I think that calling has to be there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that may have been an inelegant way of him saying that, that if you can be discouraged, then you probably yeah. shouldn't be doing it. 
if you can't be discouraged, then it's, then it is your calling and it is what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also on a practical side, like, uh, less competition if you just don't. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to weed yeah. out the competition. Maybe I'm trying to ascribe some sort of like higher <laughs> meaning to it, and he was just like, "I don't want the competition." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I think it may have been a little more along the lines of like this may look glamorous on the outside, but on the inside, mm. it is an uphill struggle. So more, so much more often than um, what what it may seem like, because the cool thing is for the, the the readers, and this is what I want them to see, you know, is the finished product. They get to see the cool ass book. They get to see right. the cover that I put work into, you know, that I that I um, that I hire for. Mine are done by Ristante right now. So, you know, the the cover that I've arranged to have that since I'm indie, I get to have that big big push where when I was with a publisher, not so much and they get to see the cool words that like hopefully as few typos as possible, but every once in a while they sneak in. Um, they don't see me having to turn out all the lights because the vampires don't want me to have the lights on when I try to write the dramatic scene. And I'm like, guys, it's, you are such a goth kid. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the vampires in my head, they, they like, sometimes it happens with other first drafts, but these vamps are like, we the vampires want, in my yeah. head say it's too bright. They want, they want the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's another thing for me is that these characters practically live in my head that they almost have their own emotional responses, especially if I'm like knee deep in their book. Um, and it gets a bit taxing is the, the easy way to put it is that you have all of this creative energy going through and I, I've, I make the joke quite frequently, um, especially if like people are like, what are you, what are we having for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. I'm in like three realities right now. And only one of them is related to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use that yeah. next time. My yeah, husband's like, like, what are we having for dinner? I'm like, listen, I'm in between worlds yeah. right now. So you're going to order a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting so many good quotes for t-shirts i know right i like everything that's been said so far <laughs> excellent we're gonna have to open a store because <laughs> we're getting good quotes uh so we know that uh coming up next for you is uh the next book in the fang and dagger series uh but what comes after that? What's what's on the horizon for J.S. Harker? Yeah. Um, so the plan is next year that I will get at least two, if not like um, I always hope for more than one book. But uh, it's been a while since I've been able to manage that. But I've got a lot more hopefully building up. So um, I am. hope I'm going to get Vicious Waltz, which is book two out hopefully in January, like I wanted it out this year, but I also want to do justice to the story. Um, I actually have a book, book three, which um, is still a little untitled because uh, I'm rotating between different ideas until one settles in. Um, I have the draft for that already through the um, develop stage. So it's been to the developmental editor and back so that. I should be able to get that one out hopefully by the summer is the goal. Preferably earlier awesome. than that because book two ends on a cliffhanger and book three starts us back off there. Mine also ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I swear to God. The parallels <laughs> yeah. are freaking me out <laughs> yeah, at this point. Like, this is crazy. I love it. <laughs> uh, and this is like the first time we've really had a chance to chat because we may have been. I know. At, we've probably been at some events before together, but these, you know, yeah. they have so many so people. So we totally yeah. have. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. Because yeah. I went back, like, I went, it was like, we're already Facebook friends. So I was like, yeah. I had to have run into her at some point. So, like, we've been at the same GRL. Yeah. I, I, I went to a different coastal, but I've also been to coastal, but yeah. I'm sure we've, like, been in the same space more than once. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, Maybe you're too similar. Maybe it's like <laughs> magnets. You repel. <laughs> Like if you try to go in the same room, one of you is just like physically <laughs> like bounces off. Well, I mean, the great thing is GRL has so many people usually that it's, it, you know, there's just too many people you see, you know, and, and um, mm -hmm. get introduced mm -hmm. to a lot of people. Um, and up until the last couple of years, I was a little bit more on the quiet side. Um, 
I realized I had generalized anxiety disorder, which makes it very hard to socialize until you get treatment. And so mm-hmm. now I'm a few years in treatment and I'm like, who was that person? I have no idea. <laughs> like she's, <laughs> she's, she's still in here somewhere, but she's different than I am now. And quieter. She's sitting with she's the quieter. <laughs> the, she, the anxious she, part's quieter. I know that. I know that girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the anxious. That one I know. Cause yeah, my first GRL, I mean, I had to literally put a drink down because I was shaking so hard. Mm. I was like, I'm going to spill wine on myself. <laughs> like, That's rough. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, yeah, it's anxiety. Mm. It just, it, it pops up in stressful situations and it makes you want to crawl into a hole. Yeah. Uh, but even, but I was supposed to be up on stage for parts of that. So it was like, well, Ooh. I can't crawl into a hole. <laughs> so yeah, that, ooh, I guess we tough. force ourselves into the other direction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, GRL is a series of me like being very uh, outspoken and in front of people and gregarious and personable. uh, And then it has to mix with like alone time, like turtle in a shell, leave me be. I've realized I do better at conventions if I like I'm just kind of, you know, have time to do my own thing where... Uh, I can recharge that social battery before I go expend it all again. So I don't always make it to all the parties or all the dances and whatnot. Um, I, I, I have trouble sitting through some other people's panels sometimes because I'm like, but I have 50 ideas on storytelling and they're very different than yours, which is fine. That's mm-hmm. great. But at the same point, I'm like, okay, but I don't get to talk and I don't know anybody here. So I'm going to go recharge my battery before it runs out right. again. Mm-hmm. We, for a while, were developing a sort of conference and who knows, maybe it will be the Hoof and Fang conference someday. <laughs> <laughs> but it is basically like, think GRL, but without the parties mm-hmm. uh, and just a lot more time to like be in community with people. Mm-hmm. Just like, like- the evening event is uh, everybody right. can come sit and read. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like exactly. Like just that. be a, among friends and be yeah. a book nerd. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. And the other important thing was that the signings, the bar would be open for the signings. <laughs> yeah. To help because break the for ice. some people, it's helpful yeah, people. to have had a drink and then you're willing to like. Yeah. Just ask or just be a little bit more social. I get that right. way. Right. So nobody steal those ideas. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'll just cut this part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, that is definitely <laughs> still a goal is to have is to find that conference where like, yeah, they they're not into like the loud music dance parties yeah. right. at the end of the day. Because yeah. that that part, I'm the same. I'm like, I'd yeah. rather just like go to dinner with a few friends and more low key. And, and also I have found that if you have a hotel in the space, like. It can be worth it. Yeah. To be able to just sneak away. Yeah. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. We so appreciate you coming and joining us and and chatting. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we continue with the podcast, which we sincerely hope we do, we hope you'll come back in the future. Yeah. Uh, Maybe come back around the time that Vicious Waltz is coming out, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is a fantastic title. Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm like having to make sure that I get more of the waltz in because I'm like, I made a big deal about ballroom dancing and you guys have got to hit the floor <laughs> and it's got to mean something when you do. <laughs> Sadly, awesome. it does, especially yeah. when the title's so cool. Yeah. It was such a blast chatting with JS about how me and her are basically the same person. Mm-hmm. Like, long lost, separated at birth. Twinning. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, she, the, every time she kept going, she'd say something else. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Like, did you just steal my bio? How right. did you do this? Um, and of course, and her, yet we saw her on the screen as a separate human being. Yeah, I know. So that was wild how you did that. Yeah, but. it's, you know, it was, it took a, a long time, a lot of video editing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, you're that good at video editing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Great. You can take over. Yeah. I was supposed to say, don't call me on that, though, because I can't replicate it. It was a one-time thing. <laughs> one-time thing. So, yeah. Uh, the first book in her Fang and Dagger series, Wrong Hunt, is available now. 
Uh, the second book in the series, Vicious Waltz, will be available for pre-order soon, so mm-hmm. go check her out. Um, and if you want to follow or connect with JS, you can find all of the social media info in the show notes for this episode. Um, and y- as always, you can do the same with us. All of our social media, both as Kurt and Maz, as well as Hoof and Fang, are there for you. Um, our October audiobook is still available to new subscribers uh, who join us at the Dear Listener level. Uh, you have 10 days from the release of that audiobook to join and get the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to listen to Prisoner, we've had a couple of reviews come through the socials. People mm-hmm. are enjoying it. Yeah. So... Yeah, go grab grab the book from our online store or sign up at the at the dear listener level before November 7th and you will get it as a perk of membership. Yeah, good and, stuff. And if you're listening to it, let us know what you think. Uh, as always, we are looking for feedback. Yes, We'd always. Love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, that's all for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.